Um, yeah, I just didn't even uh, how my brain's not working today. So this will be a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. Here on Filling in the Gaps, we discuss puzzle games and puzzling movies. Today of which we will be discussing a movie called Annihilation. Annihilation comes from 2018. It is just under two hours. Stars Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Leigh, Tessa Thompson, Oscar Isaac. It's a pretty full cast. Yeah. yeah. Directed by Alex Garland. Also written by Alex Garland and Jeff Vandermeer. Mm -hmm. Alex Garland, you probably know best from Ex Machina. Did he do The Beach as well? No, that wasn't that wasn't him. Are you thinking Danny Boyle? That's Danny Boyle did The Beach. I think there are multiple movies called The Beach, which would why I hesitated. <laughs> what, what else did Alex Garland? He did uh, Ex Machina and... There are a few things which I, I had in my notes. Let me just... <laughs> just for full clarity, we tend not to hide anything except our faces here. I forgot. My, well, I didn't forget. I brought the wrong bag. So I have one bag that is for my day-to-day -day work stuff, and I have one bag that is specifically for coming here to record. In it is the microphone that we normally use. So if we sound a bit different, well, that's because we're using Darren's microphone today. It's Darren's, Darren's rubbish microphone. Not necessarily rubbish, but not really designed for two people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I also left behind my notes. So today, who knows, once we get to the spoiler section, we'll figure out how we're going to attack this one today. Yeah, relying on my notes is not going to be the best. <laughs> it's all over the place. Could be the shortest episode ever. Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> it might be a good thing. Since it's probably going to be my edit, maybe that will be a good thing. I tend to get some pretty long ones. But if you want to look up Alex Garland, we can. Because he did have a couple, but I can't remember what the others are now. He was a writer on Devil May Cry. Yes, he's written a number of things. So you'll find that he's written 28 Days Later. He's written... What was the other one you were talking about? He's written for... Um, Sunshine, right? Sunshine. Yeah. So he's definitely written for some very interesting stuff. Directed a few. Mm -hmm. Men is one that... I've you, seen Men. Yeah, you said it might be something, but I haven't taken the time to watch it yet so yeah. when i do maybe we'll get to that one in the future but i will say that he does make very interesting films which is kind of why we're going to talk about annihilation today as far as imdb it's about 6.8 which is just below where i would normally put the this is a good movie mm -hmm. i feel that's a bit harsh right rotten tomatoes a little bit better you have the audience at 66%, but you have the critics at 88 which feels a bit more how I would put it. I think that it's one of those movies that's best to go in knowing practically nothing. Yeah, and I did a little, a little experiment for this episode where I read the book. The book and the, the movie are two... I mean, they obviously share a main plot, but they're totally different, completely different. Alice Garland has really done a good job of um, writing this because the book is quite slow, more philosophical and thinks more about life and purpose and philosophy, whereas Annihilation has turned that into more of an action kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, they're two totally different things, but they're both quite good. Would you recommend people read the book? And would you recommend they read it first? What order do you think works best? I mean, I saw the movie first and then I read the book. And I think that was kind of cool because it gave me almost like a little bit of a backstory. There are three books. It's part of a trilogy. I think we were talking about, about this before, and you said that parts two and three of the book trilogy hadn't even come out before the movie did. I believe so, yeah. Right. So he just went with, with what he had. 
But no, I mean, if you're interested in that world, like I was, I'm really interested in this kind of weird, bizarre world. And so I wanted to learn more about it. And the book does have a few more answers, but not many. You'd have to read all of them. Have you read all of them? I haven't, but I've been spoiled on the other ones because uh, I bumped into something that I shouldn't have seen. So I kind of know why this whole place has started, and it's a little bit of a disappointment. <laughs> <It's> okay. <laughs> yeah, that that often happens for yeah. me. But, the, but the, the world and the way it's set up is more interesting than the actual answers. Yeah, exactly. So it's like he wrote, wrote Annihilation, and everybody's like, wow, this is great, it's so much mystery. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll explain the mystery. And he's like... Oh, did you have to go and do that? <laughs> it may be if we get to the end, I can, I can tell you what it is, but that would be spoilers for the book then, I guess, for, for some people. But I guess we can let you know at the end of the episode, maybe I'll... I'll a I, book spoiler. A book spoiler. Section. Yeah. Right. As for me, I think it's just very interesting, very visually beautiful. There's really only one sort of effect that didn't work for me. We'll yep. get into that in the spoiler section. It introduces one of the scariest things I've seen, creepiest things. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Everybody will. And unfortunately, it's sort of right at the front of a lot of trailers, which is why it's oh, best is it? not to see it. Yeah, I, I rarely watch trailers nowadays for that because they stuff the whole film into it. And then you get to the film and you're like, I've seen all the best bits. I don't know if it was a real trailer or if it was one of those sort of on imdb trailer ah, those okay. things but when i was on the page there it sort of was that screen uh, capture and they I do that like, all the time on imdb yeah. they, they, they did it for hereditary i'm not gonna say because might ruin it for someone else but there's a picture of a really key moment from the film i spent the whole film waiting for it to happen and then it's like oh there it is i mean you know it's coming for the whole film it's really annoying yeah i <laughs> i rail against that it bothers me so much i definitely recommend this I saw it originally in the theater. You've only seen it on the computer, right? I've only seen it on, on screen, yeah, small screen, yeah. That would have been really cool to see on the big screen, I think. It is. This is one of those where I would say it was worth seeing, because when you're in complete darkness, a lot of their play with colors mm. and the sort of creepiness, the, the deadness of sound that you would get in a theater just really added to my enjoyment of it. Mm -hmm. I've enjoyed watching it at home, but it was definitely... a much better experience in the theater. But I, I can't recommend that unless they happen to just put it out again yeah. at some point. I recommend it. You recommend it. Yep. Really go into this. Don't listen to us if you care about spoilers at all because we're, we're going to jump into it. It's worth checking out. If you like sci-fi, if you like horror, if you like weird worlds with sort of a mystery going to it, it's worth it. Yep. For those of you that don't care about spoilers or have already seen it, well, here it is, your spoiler warning. All right, so we're in. Mm -hmm. How do you want to talk about this one? Since I have no notes and I'm not going to go like DVD commentary style <laughs> bit by bit. Yeah, so I mean, basically we start off the movie though, but that's kind of important. And that is where we see a meteor track through the sky or some object is falling out of the sky and then it hits the lighthouse. Yes. And... And Does then, that happen in the book? We're, we're at the very beginning. I think we can talk about yeah, what happens at the beginning. Yeah, I mean, book. basically in the book, it's not a meteor. It's beep. Yeah, for the first book, you don't know anything, really. But in the first book, do you know that that's what they were doing? Is no. that how it started? No. Okay, so that's a huge major spoiler. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Completely cut out now. Okay, well, what you have not heard is the <laughs> major spoiler from the entire series. <laughs> That was, that was keep until the end. Yeah. Um, okay. We can bring it up again at the end so I don't have to, like, move that section. Yeah, exactly. 
But yeah, so yeah, so it hits the lighthouse. Boom, we get an idea that something extraterrestrial has landed on Earth. I think it's around this point that we have the framing device of Natalie Portman's character being interviewed Mm -hmm. by, I think his name is Lomax. He's the guy from Marvel, isn't he? He's like in Doctor Strange. I recognize him from that. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. You you would recognize, once you look at his list, you go, oh, he's been in... So many things. Yeah. Same with the, the, the other girl. What's her name? Tessa Thompson. Mm-hmm. I know her from something, but I can't place her. I just... Was she not in Avengers as well? Like someone in the Marvel movies? Was she not in Thor? Yes. Right. She was a Valkyrie or something like that. Yes. Right. And she's been in a ton of other stuff as well. I, I just, She's all over the place. She's been in the Creed movies, Westworld. Oh, she was in Westworld. Yes. That's where I've seen her. I think the film version of Dear White People, she's... Been in so many things, yes. As well as Jennifer Jason Lee, who's been in uh, stuff that we would have grown up with. Yeah. Fast Times at Richmond High, all the way through. Like, there's, I mean, we've talked about Existence, which was another Yeah, that's that. She, she, she's not, yeah, that's right. She's been in a ton of things. So that's what I mean. It's a and that, and that people you would recognize. We don't know her from anything. <laughs> completely brand new, fledgling actress. Good job on her first movie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she didn't win an Oscar. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Ton of people that we, we definitely recognize. This framing device, though, mm-hmm. it's very interesting because we know that it has already happened. Mm. And this is the odd case where the movie tells us a lot that's already happened, and yet I still found it interesting. Yeah, yeah. Even though she's just sitting there basically retelling the story. I think for me, though, it's more... They're talking about people we haven't met yet in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you get yeah you get this idea that something bad's gone down. She's like the lone survivor, and and they're all wearing hazmat suits. And it's not just him interviewing. There's a whole audience of people just dying to hear what she has to say. Right. And I don't know if it's this point, and since I don't have my notes, we're just going to go with it. Things that he talks about are how did you survive? Mm-hmm. How long do you think you were in there? Yes. For her, she thought it was a couple weeks, but it was more like months. Mm-hmm. You only went in with about two weeks of rations, yet you survived. So how have you survived so long? Mm. Yeah. Which I think they somewhat answer. They do. I think, I mean, basically that hole, the shimmer, basically that dome, dome that's over the top is basically it, refract, it refracts light in a weird way so that you can't see into it. Radio waves can't get out of it. And so it obviously bends time and stuff. There's some real time and light bending going on inside that thing. And the way it looks is beautiful. Yeah. So much about the special effects and the aesthetic of what they've done with the shimmering is just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, it's great. I love the way that it moves. It's sort of like oil on water, Mm. especially the way that the the colors play around. I think that that is fantastic. You also get, once we sort of have the first conversation with him, we jump back to her in her day-to-day life, and she's teaching at a university, I believe. Yeah, I think she's a biology professor or something like that. Talking about cells, and the demonstration she's giving, I believe, is cancer Mm -hmm. in a woman in her 30s, which made me wonder, is she supposed to have cancer? I never picked up on that, actually, no. I mean... I don't think so, because it doesn't really come into play. But the first time I saw it, I thought, oh, she's showing the students her cells. Ah, uh, okay. But I think... I we... think she's just setting up like how cells evolve and... Yes, and it also establishes that she has a 
good sense of what cancer might look like mm. because that comes into play later. Yeah. I mean, we're in the spoiler section now. Oh man. Not having the character notes. Like, cause I watched this like two weeks ago. It's the names I don't have. Um, oh, I can look it up real quick. Ventress, I think it is. I just wrote down ghost bird because that's how she's referred to in the book. <laughs> she's a, I mean, you might want to keep this in. She's a very different character in the book. She's really doesn't, she's very closed off from everybody. She's, she doesn't talk to people. She's very antisocial. She's only interested in her work. She doesn't like her husband that much even. And he's basically like, do you even love me? And she's like, mm, you know, yeah. And yeah, I think he just gets annoyed with her and just volunteers to go into the shimmer. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about the book? No, no, no. Are you talking about Portman's character? You're talking about yeah, yeah, Natalie Portman's character. Oh no, I was talking about Jennifer Jason Leigh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> like that's a lot more about her husband. We don't have yeah. anything about her husband here. I mean, I don't, think she, I don't think she even has a husband in this film, doesn't doesn't she? She's got cancer. She's the one. Yeah, that's cancer. what I'm saying. Yeah. That's why it's important that later. Yeah, we know she knows about cancer, so that later when it's hinted that she spotted, she could tell. Mm. It's because she has that background. Yeah. Do you want a bit of paper as well to write it down, or are you just going to use your phone? Ah, uh, just use my phone. There's only about five names. Yeah, it's not. No. Yeah, okay, because I don't want to refer to her as Ghost Bird. bird. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is, they, they use it so much in the book as well. It's just like, Ghost Bird. That, yeah, that's, that's it. It was easier than for, okay. me to, for me to remember that way. Well, let's get that out of the way. Corman's character is called Lena. Okay. Which, again, just Lena, no second name, it seems. Yeah. Her husband is called... Kane? Mm-hmm. Kane, that's right. And I was never quite sure. I mean, I'm assuming that's his first name? I, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so because that's kind of like the army thing, isn't it? It's like because they, when, they, when they post their names on the thing, it's like But Kane. she calls them that too. Maybe. Maybe. Which could be. It is possible. But I do think it's interesting that so often they're just called by first name. Yeah. In the, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll keep switching back to the book in a, a bit because I, I liked, I, I, I wanted to come in and try and compare them without giving spoilers as much as possible. But yeah, in the book, they're not even given names. They're just the biologist, the psychologist. It's like, like a board game. Well, not, not clue, but you know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like they're, they're just given their roles. They're not supposed to get attached to each other kind of thing. We also find out that her colleague Dan is concerned about her because it's been a year since Kane disappeared. Mm-hmm. He and by proxy his wife have invited Lena to a garden party, mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to go. Lena says, "Oh, I'm going to repaint our, be- I mean, the bedroom." Yeah, it's the way she does it, she still thinks of it as our. She hasn't given up on him, mm-hmm. and we get a whole tragic scene of her at home. And crying and painting and moving and crying and looking at old photos and those kind of things. And it's in one of those moments, I believe, where Kane appears. Yep, just walks, walks in the door. We do see him walk downstairs first a bit, mm-hmm. look around, look at some pictures and then go up. But he has no answers for her. In the kitchen, she's getting very frustrated because he can't say where he's been, what he's been doing. He just doesn't seem to know anything. Mm-hmm. Then at one point, he takes a drink of water, it's been sitting in front of him this whole long scene, and blood is in the water as he puts it down. Huge medical emergency, they are in an ambulance, he's in very rough shape, and then the black cars all pull up, the official... The men in black. Yeah, (laughs) those kind of cars stop the ambulance, pull him out, and I think this is a a hard black cut scene. Mm -hmm where she's going to wake up and we don't know anything, she doesn't know anything. She's in 
what looks like a glass prison cell. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really begins. She's in what I think they refer to as Area X. Yep, that's that's in the book as well, yeah, Area X. The Southern Reach, they call it, yeah. We're going to find out a lot about what's going on. She's given some privileged information. I feel, I don't know what they would do with her at this point if she wasn't going to go in. Yeah, it's like, can't let you go now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would have suspected them to just take her home at this point, but they took her there. I guess because she's seen Kane, she already knows too much. And maybe they're concerned that she has some sort of disease or something. Maybe, yeah. This might be a quarantine protocol. Mm -hmm. I believe Kane is the first one to have made it out. He's the only one from his party but in total no one's ever come out of here which i think i think though the the psychologist lady she does say there was one person that came back right at the beginning but we don't get any more information about that in the film i thought that was kane oh no oh okay well uh, i could be wrong but i thought she was talking about kane that there was only one person who ever came out and that's ah, okay i question a lot here at this Mm -hmm. point (laughs) so the whole issue of Lena and why do we have her here and why are we giving her all this information maybe they just feel she deserves it Mm -hmm. personally I like to fill in the gap here a bit and think that Ventress wants her on the party and is kind of teasing her with information to kind of make Lena think it's her own idea to want to go in yeah and that would that would again that would tie in a lot with the book as well because the book maybe Cut here, maybe perhaps if I if I go too far, you can make you you can make the call on this. But in the book, hypnotism is a really big part of the book. And really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just doesn't play a part here. Yeah. It's like so they're they're hypnotizing people into going in, and that's the role of the psychologist every time. A new psychologist will always go in, and she's got like a a sheet of hypnotic suggestions that can make them do this, do that, and the word, the title of the movie, Annihilation is actually to cause them to commit suicide. And it's to, it's like their kill switch, basically. So that's the name of the book. And it's the it's, this is why it's the name of the book, but it doesn't play into the film at all. Yeah, so it's like, they've taken that hypnotic suggestion, I think, I think you're right. It's like, they've kind of like, it's kind of, it's dumb. You know, it's, it's, I mean, hypnotism is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. But they've taken that and they're like, but it's kind of cool. Maybe... We're not going to say it's hypnotism, but I think you're definitely, I think maybe you're right. Alex Gallon was like, kind of want that to happen here. Like, yeah, just kind of edging her, playing the reverse psychology game, getting her on this mission because she's close to it. I question that nobody's ever come out of the shimmering before, though. It makes no sense to me. They never tied anything to people and let them go in for five minutes and come out. They only put people in for like week long missions. I think they expected them to come back. But I think they put in, I think in this, they said they sent in animals, they sent in drones, and they didn't come back either. You know, it's like everything gets messed up. Like that, that whole shimmer doesn't just ref- refract light and time, it refracts your mind. Yes, but again, if you attach somebody to something physical on this. Oh, just end, like a rope and then just pull them out. That's yeah. what I mean. You'd think, you'd, you'd think the US military could come up with that great idea (laughs) yeah it seems to me like that would be a first start Mm. especially after somebody disappeared the first time right at least take it a bit at a time have somebody step in and step out nobody's ever done that Mm. that seems so odd to me yeah i I agree yeah that's kind of it's dumb maybe it's be being nitpicky but i just once i get past that 
I'm usually pretty good with most of the rest of the movie. Yeah. But that part always makes me just question everything about their methods. I mean, the people go kind of insane inside the Shimmer. So it's like you could come up with the idea that all that time that they lose when they first go in, they don't even know. They could have undone their own ropes or whatever. But you think tie a rope around a pig's neck then and just slap its butt and make it run in and then just haul it back out a few minutes later and see what's happened to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's maybe it's implied that that happened. Right. But they didn't say it. And they didn't show it. Yeah, yeah. Lena is going to meet a group that is about to go in. The crew, yeah. So we have Anya, who is played by Gina Rodriguez. That is our paramedic. Right. And she sort of flirts with Lena. But I think it's okay given what we're about to do. Mm. What are you about to do? We're about to walk in there and probably never come back. Yeah. We have Tessa Thompson playing Josie. Josie is the botanist, correct? Yep. And then Ventress. There's another one, isn't there? Yeah, the, 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 there's the, um, the the big muscle woman, the army army woman. Hmm? Anya's a paramedic. She's not a... Oh, is she? Is she oh. oh, well then... There is, the only soldier that goes in is Helena. Yeah. Oh, which, which I appreciate that they gave her that background. So it makes sense why she's so incredibly comfortable with the gun right away, because she has that background. Yeah, she's got like <laughs> six years in the military, something like that, yeah. Yeah, which explains a lot. There's sort of gaps there that are easily filled by saying she and Kane probably met in the military. Right, yeah. She moved on and he stayed in the military. Mm. And it's also some of the things that he says to her in the flashbacks. You need to understand how this works. You should understand how this works. You did this too. I thought she was the paramedic. Because there's definitely that other one. She's like, yeah, she picks up the big M16 later on. She's like, damn, they left all this gear behind. She knows how to work a gun. She's definitely military. No. I'm I'm pretty sure that the only military one... I mean, you saw it. You remember that part. Of course yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah, part. She, but I mean, I'm saying, I'm pretty sure the only actual military... Well, let's let's look it up. Let's look it up. Geomorphologist. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I wonder why that was hard for me to remember. <laughs> so, dealing with change. Morphology, right? Yeah. And... Everything in there is mutated, so the perfect person to have. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Anya is a paramedic. Yeah, she's a paramedic, that's right. Well, she knows her way around an M16. (laughs) Or whatever the hell. I don't even even know what that gun is. It's a big gun, and she's, like, whipping it out and loading it and cocking it. And, yeah, okay. Fair enough. Let's get into the shimmering. There's a lot of other stuff that sort of leads up to this. Like I said, there's the framing device where occasionally we get Lomax questioning Lena in... What I guess would be the present, and then everything else becomes the past. Right. But from a storytelling standpoint, I like to think of the majority of the movie as present. So that's sort of the future. And mm. then yeah. <laughs> the flashbacks are of Kane and Lena. Those are true past. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so in the main story, yeah, we're going to head into the shimmering. At first, it's just a mystery. They wake up, rations are gone, meaning that they've probably eaten it. They know that, as you've said before, they lose their memory. They've lost time. Yeah. They have to really start rationing out how much they can have to survive. And they're going to keep going. They're going to see odd little things like the hut. Let's go to sort mm-hmm. of the, the boathouse hut where there is the set of flowers, which I think Lena points out or maybe one of the others that there are a variety of flowers, but they're all coming from the same root, which shouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's like all different species coming out of the same stem kind of thing, yeah. And it's 
very good what they've done where they've taken our real world and just sort of added little bits to it. And it's things like that. You also have just hints, right? It gets worse as even the characters say, as they get closer to the lighthouse. Yeah. So we're only going to get little bits of things that seem a bit odd, like their first nemesis here. Yeah. Was it Tessa Thompson just standing in a doorway and then suddenly she's just like, whoop. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They save her. And I don't know if this is alligator or crocodile. I'm going with crocodile or crocagator. Who knows? It's probably mutated anyway. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) It is very pale. It's very big. Yeah, I think that to me is the least surprising part. (laughs) I think the paleness, the way that it has streaks of red on it Mm -hmm. that are unlike any crocodilian I've seen, the way that once it opens its mouth, it has... It's like the Sarlacc pit in there. It's concentric circles of teeth, which they do not have. (laughs) And that's one of the things that's just so great is they've set up very clearly these are all professionals in their field and they all have a reason for knowing what they know we don't have anybody having to look it up on a google search in this one right right yeah (laughs) and it just feels natural yeah and we trust them yeah yeah we believe them kind of thing yeah they've given everybody their background very quickly and in a way that feels natural Mm -hmm. to make this work they don't have them go in and then say oh by the way I'm a biologist. That's how I know all of these things. Right. <laughs> Everything yeah. has been They well set it up right at the table when they were at the, the mess hall kind of thing up in the facility, yeah. It's one of the things that I'm pretty sure in the Red Letter Media review, they were talking about this one saying, here's your movie for women in STEM. <laughs> yeah. It's set up. It's natural. They feel like they belong and their expertise has a real purpose here. Kind of the argument against people pushing for the the female Ghostbuster film from 2016, saying, oh, but it's a STEM film. Like, there's no real science in that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Whereas here you have characters that are actually, actually are scientists, and it yeah. is much more fitting. Why are we not promoting this one more? I like this film a lot, just to, just to jump on that as well. I mean, I like this film a lot because it reminded me of female characters who are not just praised for being a female character in a film. This like like Alien, or it, it, it's just a natural. I mean, anyone could have played it, but they chose four women, and they give a reason for that in the in the film, whereas like we've just sent in a bunch of guys with guns and it hasn't worked out, now we're trying something different. And they do that in the book. They change tack all the time. They mix up the groups, and they, they have, they've got to try different things. For the next part, this is where I kind of desperately need my notes because I don't know, again, I'm not going beat for beat here. My next big thing they is They take when... the boat, basically. Which I would not do. <laughs> like, Jesus. Well, kind of beats walking. I guess, yeah. And it is a swamp. I don't you know You've got to get across it somehow. Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to wade through it. I mean, I would rather walk around it, but after seeing that gigantic crocodile, but they, they take the boat and then we get a little bit more backstory from the other woman. Um, Cass, is it? She's kind of at her wit's end. She's... She knows she's on a suicide mission. Basically, I think what she says to uh, Lena is, we're all damaged goods here. Yeah, everybody's lost somebody yeah. or is lost in some way. Yeah. Because didn't she lose a daughter, I believe? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, her daughter died. That's right. Which is a good time. We've had super action. Let's cool it down a little bit, get some character development. The next thing I'm thinking of is the the sort of fort. Fort, fort Amaya. Yeah. 
They go in there. This is where Anya picks up the big gun. Yes. They definitely left ammo here. Yeah. They decide to set up base camp, I think, in the mess hall. That's where they go first. Yeah, because Fort Amaya is not... This isn't me getting confused with the book. Fort Amaya, this was one of the original base stations... Because the shimmer is actually expanding outwards. And that's one of the things they say about this in the movie at the beginning is, I think they give it a time frame, like in a few weeks or a few months, we will be inside this. So this is the old facility from before, yeah. On it, there is a rotation schedule. Yeah. Kane's name is on there. Mm-hmm. Which, again, I think would lead towards your theory that it's his last name. Because mm-hmm. as a military thing, they wouldn't likely... And she's military, so that's maybe why she calls him by his surname, because that's how they address each other, isn't it? Yeah, I could see that. I just don't know why in the credits she wouldn't be Lena Kane then. Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the part right. that confuses me. <laughs> maybe she didn't change her name. Maybe she didn't change her name. And maybe she only has... No, she's got a, she's got a last name. It's probably in there, and I've just forgotten it. Mm. I'm assuming in her office or something we've seen it. They also find a... Like an SD card? Yeah. That luckily fits into the video camera that they've brought. They watch it. There's a weird thing happening in there where Kane has a knife. Yep. And he's about to cut one of his military buddies open. And when he does, there's something squirming inside. Yeah, like a big bunch of eels writhing around inside him. And he seems to be just take the being cut open like a boss. <laughs> he's like, just cuts a big square out of him like a television. <laughs> Whoop, have a look inside there. Yikes. But this is the part that I don't get, but I kind of get. Because the Shimmer is obviously messing with their minds and they know it, but they can't believe what they saw. It's like, well, just watch it again then. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's right there. Rewind it if you don't believe it. But yeah, because there's a huge argument as to was anything actually moving? It was, a, it, was a, it was a trick of the light. You know, one of them says, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> We're also going to lead into them finding that body yes. in the pool and essentially vegetation has grown out from it. Yeah, he looks like one of those wall enemies in Dead Space. You know, the guys are just like melted into the wall and they're they're they've got like veins and stuff like radiating out. They're growing like moss into the walls behind them. But yeah, this is where you get a dead giveaway for the ending of the movie. And that's the tattoo of the, the snake eating its own tail on the arms. That's uh, obviously a symbol of their unit. Our Natalie Portman character has that symbol. Yes. But she was never part of his unit because the Shimmer has created her and made a mistake. And so she's been produced by the Shimmer. I don't think she's a real... She's not our original character. The one that we see in the flash forward, I guess, she's a copy of our original character. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the tattoo happens even now. Yeah, Was that's she I mean. re- No, 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 I don't... So I don't, you think she was replaced twice? No, I don't, I don't think she's got one at, at, at this point. Does she? I think she does. Listeners, let us know in the comments, but I'm pretty sure that there's a point where she has her sleeve rolled up and walking with the gun, and I saw that and thought that was very odd. Ah. So it is possible she was replaced already. Maybe. But that that doesn't make sense now. Ah, I didn't didn't, didn't notice that, if that's... Yeah, because you'd think, think, though, that the crew would say, hey, you said you didn't know this guy. You've got the same tattoo. You're in the same unit. I thought the Shimmer had made a mistake and copied her wrong. He got it kind of crossed. All right. So this is, we don't have any way to do it. I'm not going to stop and watch the movie now. <laughs> no, no. I think, I think you might be right though. Cause I, I yeah. Well, then that, that, then just delete what I said because that's, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, but somebody else has it too. Uh, 
I think. Now I'm going to just go watch the whole movie again. So. <laughs> just get rid of this whole plot. I've just, I've just muddied the water completely. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I think you're right. Because I remember, I think I remember thinking, why are they not connecting that? You can, you can see it. And she just said she doesn't know that guy. Yeah, I know. I think you're right. I don't think she ever says she doesn't know him. I think she just doesn't. She's hiding it at first. She though. doesn't share that information. Yeah. yeah. Which. The, the, we, we know that the psychologist knows. Oh, yeah. Ventress asks her at one point, yeah. why, why didn't you tell them yeah, yeah. that? And says, I think I understand why. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want them to know. Because you want them to trust you, but you have to lie to get them to trust you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which does sort of hurt things a bit later. Mm hmm. I think they end up scrapping the idea of staying in the mess at this point, and they go up to one of those sort of guard posts. Mm-hmm. Except for Ventress, I think she goes down to a, a ground level guard post to keep watch. It's her turn, right? They're gonna do they take watch, watch shifts. Yeah. Meanwhile, Lena is up looking at some of the samples under a microscope. Is she carrying the microscope, or does she? I'm guessing it's part of the base originally. This one, I think that that's the case, though. I'm pretty sure she looks at one later, so it makes me wonder if she took a microscope with her. I'm guessing she's got her own already, but... It would be a lot of weight, I would think, but for what they're doing, it might be worth it. That's her job, to tag and bag and research stuff in there. I mean, her focus is cells. Yeah. And I think this is where she's going to go down and have that conversation. But this is also where Cass is going to be pulled away. They all have a big fight, because I think the truth comes out, doesn't it? Yeah. But before they can truly finish the fight, Cass is going to be pulled off by a bear, let's call it. Yeah. I mean, it looked like a werewolf to me. I don't know, I don't know what it was. It just comes in, bites her shoulder, and just like, whoosh, just like takes her out of the equation. And this is where they argue about what to do. I don't know if it's this point, but eventually Lane is the one who's going to find the body. Yes. But she finds it alone, which makes the others not trust her. Yeah. What happens next, then? What, what is the... Because the bear is the next thing I remember. I've just got... We've got some J.J. Abrams lens flare, and then... Yeah, I know the exact moment you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of, like, just movie kind of slows down. You see, like, some really cool deer with huge tree antler things. So the, the wildlife is very cool and interesting. I don't know exactly, because I don't timestamp any of these notes, but they're going through, and then this is the part, I think, where they stumble upon that kind of village with all the people. Or turned into plants? Is that this part after this? Was it now? Because, well, it might be now. It might be now. I think that happens later, though. It's definitely later, near maybe the middle of the film. I'm going to say that's definitely later, because they're the last two at that point. They're alone. Mm. So, before that, we're going to have to get to the bear scene. I don't remember exactly what leads up to it, but it is, for me, what earned the price of admission for me. Why didn't I write down the bear part in here? That's the. I think I was just saying, like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I totally, I won't forget this part. And Justin will have written it down. So you'll know where it comes up. Yeah, they get, they, they get kind of trapped by the. Pattern. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I don't remember exactly what led to this. But again, it's the, the lack of trust mm-hmm. and the fact that they all feel like they're going a bit crazy. Yeah. That one of them does go a bit crazy and ties them all up. Yeah, we get a very the thing moment here. <laughs> yes, and I think it's Anya. Yeah, the paramedic who has tied them all up. Yeah, and is trying to get answers because she's finding out all these truths. Lana, you knew about Kane mm-hmm. and Ventress. You know more than you're letting on, and you're trying to lead us away because there was a big argument. I think before this about whether they should just go back mm-hmm. or whether they should continue on. 
And Ventress was definitely wanting answers and wanted to go on. Right. And it was a vote of a sort. Mm-hmm. And because Lena supported going on with Ventress, that the others followed. Anya says, that's why we followed. And you were lying to us the whole time. I don't trust any of you. And she threatens their lives with a knife, I believe, at this point. Yeah. There's a scream, though. Mm. And it sounds like Cass. Yeah. This freaked me out when I first saw it, man. This must have been great in the cinema, because it's just so quiet. Especially if you don't know it's coming. Yeah. Anya is going to be torn up (laughs) by this bear. And the bear is going to come upstairs and is going to slowly walk around sniffing at the other characters. But the worst thing is, one... It has a weird skull head, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. looks amazing and is incredibly creepy. Yep. This is something that is acting very natural, but everything about it is very unnatural. Yeah. yeah it's like nature made a mistake. And its voice yeah. is Cass's last words, her screams that we had heard when she was being taken away. Yeah. And it does it in little bits as well. As though that is the the growl, as though it's been run through a synthesizer into the bear. Yeah. And that is the voice. Press the key a little bit, you get that sound. And it will sort of repeat on loop, but not always the full saying. It just depends on how much it's growling. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's amazing. Great. It is so amazing. Yeah, it's just like yeah, this this bear noise mixed in with like mixed in with this blood curdling scream. It's just yeah. When I saw that, the the hairs of my arms raised up, man. Everything when I heard that, it was just a really cool part of this film. After that, Ventress is going to walk off on her own. I think in the night while they're sleeping, mm-hmm. which leaves Lena and Josie Josie alone. Josie is in a way meditating and saying. Isn't nature nice? It's nice here. I'm not sure I want to go. Things like that. Mm -hmm. This is, for me, the special effect that didn't work very well because her arm is starting to turn into a plant. Right. But just the way it looks doesn't look good to me. Right. It didn't look good in the cinema and it doesn't look good on the small screen either. It looks too bright. Something about it just looks like they've... Rushed it. (laughs) I don't know if they've rushed it or if it just doesn't quite work for me. It's a good concept, though. Yeah, she is slowly turning into a tree. I would say slowly, but by the time we see her from one shot to the next shot, her arm is getting much more pronounced in its, you know, vegetative state. Yeah. And then you get to Lena walking around the corner, and there's a bunch of those people that have just become plants. Mm-hmm. And we don't know for sure, but you can kind of infer that Josie has become one of them. Yeah, yeah. And we don't know who these people are. They're part of the last expeditions. Or if there's, these were people that lived here. Is I think it's people that lived here. I think here. it's because there's kids as well, aren't there? There's there's a playground. Yeah. This whole area looks like it was a small town. Mm-hmm. It was lived in. So that would be my guess. But at the same time, you don't know for sure that they were people or if they were plants that had become shaped like people. Yeah. But that leaves Lena on her own. And she wants to get to the center of the mystery. She wants to know what happened to Cain. Get to the lighthouse. So get to the lighthouse. We see a beach shot, which looks pretty normal, until the camera pans, and then you see the trees are just made of crystal. Yeah, it's really cool cool shot. I like this, yeah. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Here is where everything is more intense about the light, I suppose. Yeah. And so that's why things are just transparent, translucent around here. She's going to go inside the lighthouse, and... On the way in, we get a shot of skeletons on the ground. Mm -hmm. 
they seem to be organized in some way, but they're not buried. So I wasn't quite sure what to make of this, why this is the way it is. I I think it's just because this is, seems, seems to be a recurring th- theme that happens, like people get to the lighthouse and then they're copied. and they just... Yeah, but it seems like an organized stack, not a stack, but yeah. a row of bodies. Mm. And they're not even laid in a normal fashion. I think the skull is propped up in a way. Right, right. It just seems very odd. It looks ritualistic in some way. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't seem to tie into anything else. So I didn't quite understand what was going on with the skeletons mm. here. Cool shot, but yeah, I don't get it. But we definitely know what's going on with the skeleton that's propped up against the wall holding a grenade. <laughs> yes, which I think this is a fantastic way to do this bit of storytelling. Kane recorded his own death, yeah. and we see it happen. And we even hear him talking to someone, and it's Kane's voice that is responding, mm-hmm. but Kane isn't talking. Yeah. And then at the end of the video, we see another Kane walk out in front of the camera. The Kane, I guess, original, mm-hmm. was talking about being very unsure about what is reality, and if he's ever been real, everything has just made his mind sort of melt. He doesn't get it, and he's ready to just end it. Yeah. I think he says something along the lines of, take care of my wife for me. Mm-hmm. And then you may want to close your eyes. These flashbangs are pretty bright. <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah, he sits in the pose that his skeleton is found in. Yeah, And that's where you have that very cool, I'm assuming a physical special effect of the burn marks around the body, that sort of halo yeah. on the wall looks great. Mm-hmm. Phosphorus grenades, man. In the lighthouse, there's also this pit with roots or branches coming out of it. Down in the hole, Lena will find Dr. Ventress. Ventress doesn't seem to have a face at first. Yeah. And then she turns and she does. Mm -hmm. Do you think she's been copied at this point? Yeah, I think so. I think she's wandered off and then she's, she's been taken over. Yeah. Like a body snatchers kind of thing. Yeah, she's still... Seem like herself, though. She was always very weird to begin with, though, wasn't she? <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the issues I did have with the movie, is I've seen Jennifer Jason Lee in other movies, and she's quite good. And this one, she almost looked bored. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder, was that a conscious decision to play the part that way, as though Ventress herself is just bored with this? She's been through this so many times. She sent so many teams, and it's her job to arrange the teams. Yeah, I mean, she's been in it from the beginning, hasn't she? She's been here for the whole 12 years or however long it's been going on for. So maybe she is just dead inside from having lost so much along the way. And yeah, she's got cancer. We get that from the Lomax conversation. She was ready to give it all up because she didn't have anything left anyway. So I think what happens is the psychologist, she just dies and then she kind of like releases her energy, radiates out from her or something like that. And then she's just gone, I guess. Why would the copy want to die? I don't understand that. I don't know either. Okay. These are <laughs> these are the gaps you normally would have filled <laughs> just with your mind. If you're not filling it, then they're not giving us much to go on here. Maybe it's because she has cancer. And so they've copied someone and they're like, oh man, you're damaged. But then Lena gets cut, doesn't she? And her single drop of blood goes into the ent- I'll call it the entity from now on, right? So it's like, goes into the entity, and then the entity's now like, oh, a fresh victim. Well, not victim. There's no one being victimized. This is just nature at work, isn't it? So it's like a new start for me, basically. A weird copy that looks great. Yeah. Mimics her movements 
almost as though it can predict what she's doing. Yeah, I love this part. I love it. It's just, it's really cool. You can see it learning. It's like learning how to be human almost. It's kind of cool. There's <laughs> a fight that happens in multiple parts here. Mm -hmm. For me, it goes a bit long. Right. I'll admit it. Even in the theater, I was like, okay, what's going on? And how long is this going to go on for? It's a bit much for me. But for someone like you, I could totally understand that you would love this. Mm. <laughs> Everything about this is just very gaps. Is You have to fill in what's going on here. Yeah. I like that it's learning, but especially that first part just feels like it goes on a little mm. bit long. Yeah, I think it is supposed to try and be giving you that information, that point that it's not perfect. When they start fighting in the beginning, it's not perfect. But by the end, it's almost like a mirror image of her. Where I think they went wrong was it seems to mimic her almost perfectly from the very first second. Mm -hmm. I think that it should have been a much more delayed right. response in the beginning to much better show. Just to that drive it, it home kind of thing. And to show that it was learning as opposed to, to me, it just felt like it already could read her mind. Right. Yeah, I can see that. And so I didn't understand why it even needed her. Mm -hmm. But... I'm not sure that the creature that's been created, it it's from that entity, but I don't think it is that entity. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it doesn't know anything. Maybe that's part of the way that it works. Yeah. No idea, really. No idea. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just got the... It does copy her perfectly, but I, I it managed to, even though there's no words used, nothing. For me, it definitely looked like it was learning to how to become human. By the end of it, it, was, it wasn't really about the fighting and the copying. It was about how to be dramatic like her, like when she's on the floor and it's like, you can almost, it doesn't even have a face yet, but you can see it like looks like it's sad and crying, you know, it's like, oh, what was me? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's, I don't know, I, I really like this part. This is the part in the movie though, where you can take two different approaches. You could say, unreliable narrator, did she kill it or did it kill her? And that's her talking to these guys. Mm -hmm. So it's like, which one is it? Yeah. It is until you get the last shot, I think. Yeah. Because then it pretty much leads to... Lomax finishing his interview, mm -hmm. and then Lana goes to see Kane. Because he's okay now. Yes. As soon as the shimmer went away... Yeah, because she burns down the whole lighthouse, basically. And that destroys the shimmer. Right. It destroyed the core, so now it's just the two of them. They hug, and you can see that they have... Sh eyes are shining or something like that. Yeah, there's something special the about shimmer The shimmer in their eyes, yes. But no, I like that. I like that idea that when humans go inside, their minds get warped and they can't survive. And when they come out of the shimmer, they die of some horrible disease or illness almost immediately. But when you destroy the shimmer, now they're not being refracted weirdly or something like that. It's like now they can exist outside. So it's like, was that the plan all along to like get someone inside so that they could destroy the shimmer so that they could actually survive in the outside world? Basically, it's a, a prison inside there for them. They can't get out of and we can't get into. But now now that it's gone, that last shot, it's like life finds a way. Kind of that's cool. Uh, yeah, she's definitely a copy. He's definitely a copy. And that it's quite yeah, like it's quite explicit in the end. It doesn't have to be. I would say that you could possibly argue that she killed it, but having spent so much time in there, it's warped her. But I feel like the way she's given some of her answers mm. makes it sound like she doesn't have all of the information yeah much like kane didn't have all of the information so i definitely think that's the stronger argument to go for is mm. that they are both a new sort of life form that has come here right and i'm not really sure where you would go from there no and that's it that's what i mean it's like i think 
what Alex Garland's done is he's taken a book that was quite vague and open to interpretation, and he's done a pretty good job of writing a tight script, and he's done a good job of of taking this vague kind of book that was then explained over the series of two more books, which is basically book two is another expedition in, and the third book is another expedition in, and so you just see it from three different angles, and by the end of it, you get a payoff, but a lot of people who read the books are just like, kind of wish they hadn't done that, so... They yeah. wanted more? They No, they wanted less. They didn't, they didn't really feel that it needed an answer. Oh, I'm a, okay. I was thinking more, they wanted more like they wanted a sequel and they wanted a, they wanted all three. Ah, right. No, yeah. Like they wanted more movies. But no, I, I think this is a, as a self-contained film, it's really, it's really good. I think they closed, again, they, they filled a lot of gaps in the book and they came out with something pretty cool. It's basically panspermia, isn't it? It's a, you know, it's a, a meteor falls out of the sky, new life on earth. It finds a way to survive. I really like what they've done with the characters. I really like the sort of framing device in a way that I normally wouldn't because they're basically giving it away. But I think what they do is they tease it mm-hmm. well enough. You know maybe people died, but you don't know why. So the mystery is worth going back for. Yeah. And just the visuals. The visuals alone, well, I mean, the bear alone was the enough bear for alone, me. Yeah. It just added something so creepy to the horror sci-fi genre that that alone was worth it. But so many of the other things, the building up of the mystery, the things intensifying, that to me was done very well. That even though I felt some of that stuff at the end was quite a bit long and maybe not Mm -hmm. as clear as I would have liked it. Overall, I remembered loving it before and I've watched it now and I, I really enjoyed watching it again. I think I liked it the second time even more. Actually, I got, I got more out of it. Maybe, maybe because I read the book and then watching the film again was cool. But yeah, I mean, I remember liking it the first time and then thinking, oh man, it's two. And then I looked at the time. It's like, oh, two hours. <sighs> Come on. But it flew by, man. It flew by. But no, I, yeah, I, the, the, the other thing that I wrote down here uh, was I like how they're basically the, the alien Adam and Eve now, aren't they? They're just like the, the, the first two that have, uh, have made it onto Earth and. Who knows where they go next? Garland has outright flat out said he is never making a sequel. Does mean other people won't. Doesn't mean other people won't. I don't know what Vandermeer's take is on that either. I don't know if he if he wants that because I mean if you if you do it based on the books, you're just telling the same story again, or you're gonna go against movie canon. Then I guess you could make a TV series or something like that out of it instead. You know, like and go by the book. But you couldn't go by the book because you'd ruin the first movie and then we'd have Star Wars again. (laughs) Now, we're just about to sum up. Well, I've already done my sum up, really. But you did say at the beginning that you had some stuff you wanted to talk about with the book, but we wanted to have the book spoiler warning. So, (laughs) movie conversation done. Let's talk just a little bit about the book. Here's your book spoiler warning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, the book is good. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to spoil it for you, though. Do you, do you think you'd read it? I'm not sure I would. I mean, the way you've described it so far makes it sound to me like the movie is better. At yeah, least yeah. better for me and the things that I like. Yeah. The fact that the characters are going to be... What did you call Lena? The psycho... No, the, the biologist? The psychologist? What? Oh, ghost bird. Yeah. <laughs> I... Don't know how much patience I would have for that. Uh, that's how they refer to her the entire way through the book as well. Because that's her thing, you know? That's like, she's antisocial. She goes, basically, he calls her Ghost Bird because she goes to parties with him and she hangs out with his friends. He's very, you know, gregarious and whatever. And she's this, this person who sits in the corner and she's just very into her work and she's basically not there. 
yeah, so ghost bird. But she's the perfect person to go in because she's really into her work. But the whole thing is mind control, hypnosis, and it all takes place... The first book takes place in this place called the tower or the tunnel because it's like basically it's an inverted... It's like an inverted tower that goes down. But basically the lighthouse goes up this way and that's very important in the book as well. But then there's this inverted lighthouse where some monster lives below the lighthouse yeah i don't think it's under the lighthouse i think that that and the lighthouse are two different places i think but yeah so it's like there's a monster that lives at the bottom of this this other lighthouse and they find writing on the wall out of algae or something like that and there's just some they, they all go bananas insane this was after they so we probably cut the whole part before where you gave away a bunch of spoiler here yeah. In the book, you said this was all an experiment. Yeah, okay. So, so that, was the monster before the experiment or a result of the experiment? A result. Okay. So they go to this lighthouse. It's basically, imagine Skulder and Molly go to this lighthouse because they, they hear it's got special properties. And so they start messing around with light, refracting light and stuff like that. And they basically hit a frequency that messes up the whole area. You can choose what to cut from this, right? And I was just like... Well, this is book spoiler, so... Ah, so... so It'll suck. We won't get people to the end, but that's... (laughs) So the psychologist from the movie, she's actually the daughter of the monster. And so she left and then she joined this team and she, she changed her name and all that. And now she's going back to find her roots, basically. But yeah, it's all just some kind of SCP thing. It's all paranormal. It's not alien. It's some weird interdimensional ghost light stuff. It's just weird. Because it's, it's too messy, really. But the good thing about the book is it just focuses on a couple of characters and their interactions. It's all about them talking to each other. Yeah, just like being really just what what is life kind of thing. And just like the whole thing of like free will, power of suggestion. And yeah, it's... It is what it is, but it's definitely nothing like this film. Okay. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Gats probably more Gats created. Um, but yeah, so cut all that out. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. Just cut all that out. 